بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد continuing with the discussion of the third action which is the guarding of the gaze from this kitab four actions to acquire the friendship of allah taala so hazrat shah ki mukhtasar rahmatullah ali he writes further this was the last thing that was discussed was that a person who gets involved in this sin then compared to many other sins this is what really turns his heart away from allah taala other sins also have an effect but this is far more drastic turns the heart completely away this was the point that was mentioned last on the contrary the sin of casting glances is such that a person becomes completely unmindful of allah taala and the love of the person he has gazed at settles in his heart as a result some people even lost their iman at the time of death now the question might be that how does somebody else come to know that this person lost his iman or not so iman is in the depths of the heart nobody can see the iman but if a person does certain actions then based on that action there will be a declaration if a person claims to be a mukmin he comes to the masjid also maybe whatever else he might be doing but allah forbid he is wearing a cross so what will be the fatwa about him fatwa will be this person got no iman so the basis of that fatwa is what he is displaying clearly that is itself a sign of kufr so likewise at the time of death these incidents have happened that somebody was now in the last stages of life and at that time he is being now encouraged to make toba so in that moment of whatever condition he was he is being encouraged to make toba instead of toba what he saying is that it's more beloved to me to have that haram beloved here than to turn to allah taala now what statement is this this is the basis on which that declaration or that uh, conclusion was made that the person lost his iman at the time of death allah taala declares in a hadith qudsi inna nadara sahmum min sihami iblisa masmum من تركها مخافتي ابدلت بها ايمانا يجد حلاوته في قلبه that verily the evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan in the days when people used to use the bow and arrow as a standard weapon even for combat and for hunting also it was a standard thing so one was just to shoot the arrow but sometimes that arrow might just merely scrape the person and miss him not get him directly so now he just got scraped so he got saved so in order to still get the objective and kill the person off so even if he gets scraped he doesn't get saved they would the tip of the arrow they would dip it in very very fatal poison the tip of that arrow now is in a dipped in a very very potent and very fatal poison 
Now if that didn't hit, that arrow didn't hit him directly, it merely just scraped him, but that poison just touching his body and just getting into contact with his skin was good enough, that too will do his job and will kill him off. So now one is to compare the haram glance with an arrow. That is already dangerous enough. But the Hadith Qudsi, the comparison is not just made with an arrow, the comparison is made with a poisonous arrow. So this highlights the severity of it. The just comparing it with an arrow itself was bad, it was severe enough, the danger of it was highlighted well enough. So now if it's poisonous, then how much more severe, that is the message and the lesson that is being given. So the arrow that is shot through the bow, that will first pierce the skin and the flesh and then hit the bone and then will break whatever the limb that it has come into contact with. But this poisonous arrow doesn't touch the surface at all. This poisonous arrow hits directly into the heart. The poison of it goes directly into the heart. Now poison is poison and the comparison is with poison. So when poison gets into the system, then the poison might have entered at one point, person gets bitten by a snake, you see it's, it's depending on the venom and the kind of snake, it can be within half an hour that that person can now be totally paralyzed, the person can be completely incapacitated, because the poison will go and affect the nervous system directly and it will completely uh, ruin him. Now that can be the effect of the poison, of the venom, of some creature out there. This is spiritual poison. And things on a spiritual level are either far more beneficial if it's on the positive side or far more dangerous if it's on the negative side compared to all the physical things. So now this is the poison that affects the spiritual self. So can we imagine now that that poison is seeping into the heart. Now a person is sitting 5 minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, 1 hour and Allah forbid day in and day out with that poison seeping into his heart, stuck onto his sub device and he's watching all the filth and that is seeping into his heart. So the heart becomes spiritually paralyzed. Now when that heart becomes spiritually paralyzed, out of, for example, now if the parents are going to insist, now you wake up for salah, person wake up for salah. But that salah will be totally lifeless and it will be a burden. And if he can get away without performing it, he will get away without performing it. There will be absolutely no inclination towards tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. Just making some zikr, taking the name of Allah Ta'ala will be too much. Just around and decide one tasbih, decide ten times, subhanallah, that too is too much. So now, somebody else might wonder, but how can that be too much? To say subhanallah ten times? So now the person will be sitting in the masjid, for whatever the reason is, he didn't leave yet. And everybody is making tasbih after Fajr for example, after Asr. But now his mind and heart is somewhere else. He will be sitting there waiting for the dua for whatever reason that he is waiting for the dua. But he won't engage in any tasbih. That time will just pass. 
Because that too becomes too much for him. This is all the effects of the spiritual paralysis. <coughs> the effects of the spiritual paralysis. Now just as a person who is physically paralyzed, he wants to come to the masjid, but now he's paralyzed, he's excused obviously. But he's physically paralyzed, he can't walk, he can't come. The person who is spiritually paralyzed has all the physical strength in the world. He may be able to run the marathon, but to come to the masjid will be too much of an effort for him. Not possible sometimes, just can't make it. Why? Because of the spiritual paralysis. So this is the effect of that poison. That poison that is seeping in the heart. Now every time a person is walking on the street somewhere, wherever he is, and on his phone, and here and there, and everywhere, he is seeping in that poison into his heart. So that is the outcome. So this is sometimes just heard, the Hadith Sharif is heard, and we take it as well, we understood it, but we didn't really understand it. We didn't really understand what is the depth of the impact of this. That it then turns the heart away, completely disinclines it from righteousness. You say birds of a feather flock together. The whole thing we heard from childhood days, everybody knows that, understood the meaning of it. That birds of a feather flock together. Now that heart that has been corrupted by all the evil it has seen, that is going to flock with evil. So now any evil, anything else, any haram that is around, very quick to, and very easy to get to it, very quick and very inclined to it. And the opposite side, now birds of a feather flock together, there is a different bird now. This heart now is gone in a different direction, it has no inclination, no uh, comfort in flocking along with those who are inclined towards righteousness, those who head to the masjid, those who be making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, they want to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Birds of a feather flock together, the issue is the heart. Now there will be 101, 1001 reasons for why I don't feel comfortable with this, I don't have, that, that company doesn't, I just don't feel good in their, uh, I mean, some fellows, some people there, they got their own style, the problem is our own style. The problem is, what has happened to our heart. But now, this is a standard thing that shaitan will make us find or point blame elsewhere rather than ourselves. Always to look for an excuse outside, not to look within ourselves. Whereas the reality, بَلِلْ insanu ala nafsihi basira, walau alqa ma'adira. Insan, if he looks deep down, he knows himself. Even if he keeps putting forward all his excuses, walau alqa ma'adira, ma'adira, plural, unlimited number of excuses. But بَلِلْ insanu ala nafsihi basira. Insan knows, if he sits and just ponders enough, and sometimes he doesn't need to ponder at all, he knows himself. He knows himself well enough. This is true also, the statement that we sometimes make, I don't know what I did. The actual statement is, I don't know what I didn't do. And the outcome of that is obvious. So this is the poison that seeps into the heart, that spiritually paralyzes it. So in this hadith of Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says, Verily the evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan. The one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear. Not out of fear of makhluk. So now, right now, people are around me. So now, I need to be very, very careful. And 
conduct myself in the way that these people all actually feel envious that subhanallah this person is probably on the seventh heaven but then when the people are all not around I'm in my own privacy then now it's under the seventh earth now that is for the makhluk so while in the presence of people only that was the conduct and then behind closed doors the conduct was different and that what we stayed away from in the presence of people also we won't get rewarded because that wasn't for Allah Ta'ala and whereas a person when he withholds himself from haram, from sin out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala that itself is a very great ibadat extremely great ibadat he's sitting and doing nothing at that moment apparently but there is a strong temptation for some haram and he is just restraining that turning his heart towards Allah Ta'ala getting engaged in some zikr some other amal getting himself diverted away from that so outwardly anybody observes him they see this person sitting and doing nothing but he at that time is engaged in a far greater ibadat than even the person who is engaged in nawafil at that time that person can be seen making ruku now and is going into sajda now mashallah that's a very great ibadat but this person is in a greater ibadat La a'adilu anirri'a Nabi Karim said I don't equate anything with taqwa and this is the taqwa so now this person is tempted but out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala that my Allah is watching doesn't matter nobody else around here knows me so it doesn't bother me whether anybody sees me or not but Allah is watching so now for the sake of Allah Ta'ala he, he doesn't get involved in this the one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear I will give him in return such iman the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart now what is the sweetness all about other than explains further in other words he will physically acquire the sweetness of iman which will be present in his heart this is not some world of fantasy or imagination it is the revelation of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala has not instructed us to merely imagine that the sweetness of Iman has entered the heart rather he has declared the word Yajidu in the Hadith Sharif the word is Yajidu Halawatahu Fi Qalbihi Yajidu Wajada Yajidu to something to be present to be there to be found it is there so the word yajidu means, means that you will physically experience the taste of iman and find it present in your heart. Now some muhaddithin have explained this to say that the sweetness of iman actually relates to that the person now will be blessed with the sweetness of ibadat. That this sweetness of iman now will be felt in his salah. It will be felt in his tilawat. It will be felt in his zikr, in his dua in making an effort for deen in undertaking sacrifices for Allah Ta'ala he'll, this will be felt in all the amal that he'll do it with zeal with enthusiasm he'll find great pleasure in doing it though that pleasure itself is not the objective and if a person does not seem to experience any so to say pleasure in any amal that doesn't mean that he is deficient in that amal is doing that amal that is the requirement if that some kind of 
enjoyment or pleasure is experienced, that is also a ni'mat. But if that is not there, that doesn't mean that anything is deficient provided he is doing the amal correctly and he is doing it for Allah Ta'ala alone. That might be even more rewarding because there is more mujahada involved in it. So in any case, the person who now forsakes these haram glances, some have explained it to be this sweetness of ibadat. But other muhaddisin say that that is in its place. That will happen. But it is not confined to that, it is more than that. It is a physical experience. Like a person puts some sweet meat in his mouth, eats something sweet, he, f- he experiences a sweetness physically. Likewise, this is a physical experience of the sweetness of Iman. So others sometimes might say, we don't know about it. How come, how does this happen? So then on these occasions, is that couplet, إِذَا لَمْ تَرَ الْهِلَالَ فَسَلِّمْ لِأُنَاسٍ رَأَوْهُ بِالْأَبْصَارِ There's one couplet in Arabic, that where the poet says, if you didn't see the moon, now the Eid moon will be sighted, so now everybody doesn't end up seeing the moon. The people who celebrate Eid will mul- number in the millions, billion, but does everybody end up seeing the moon with his own eyes? Sometimes it's just a group of people, 10, 15, 20 people, they were looking out, they saw the moon and then they reported that the moon has been sighted, their testimony was taken, they were reliable people, it was accepted and the declaration was made that tomorrow is Eid. So now a person says, no, no, if I don't see the moon with my own eyes, I am not going to accept it, I am not going to celebrate Eid, he'll get left. So now when there's reliable people giving him the testimony, so then, you didn't see the moon yourself, except the testimony of those who saw it. So what they are meaning by this is, that those Ahlullah who have experienced this, they are saying this is a physical experience. So when there are people of that caliber, people who are reliable, people who need Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, and dunya is dunya, everything won't happen on the turn, because then the test of dunya will be lost. And dunya is a place of tests. But when a person will be steadfast, then Allah Ta'ala will show him. In dunya already he'll see it. And the real place to see it is akhirat. But the person remains steadfast, he'll see the effects of it. Mullah Ali Qari Rahmatullahi writes further, وَقَدْ وَرَدَ أَنَّ حَلَاوَةَ الْإِيمَانِ إِذَا دَخَلَتْ قَلْبًا لَا تَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ أَبَدًا That it has been narrated that once the sweetness of iman enters the heart, it never leaves it. Because when Allah has blessed something of this nature to a heart, Allah won't snatch it away. So in other words, what is further now mentioned, Ulali Qari Rahimahullah comments upon the statement and declares, فَفِيهِ إِشَارَةٌ إِلَى بَشَارَةِ حُسْنِ الْخَاتِمَةِ In this is the glad tiding that the person will inshallah get death upon Iman. So if the halawat of Iman and the sweetness of Iman won't leave him, then inshallah he'll die on Iman. So this is such a great blessing and bounty and such a great reward for having just forsaken those haram glances. The reason for this is obvious that since when Iman will never leave the heart after having entered, the sweetness of Iman will never leave the heart after having entered, death will also come upon Iman. Thus, protecting the gaze is a guarantee for death upon Iman. Friends, nowadays this great wealth of gaining death on Iman is being distributed in the bazaars, 
at airports, at stations and other places. In these places protect the gays. What is meant by being distributed? That unfortunately because of the kind of environment that has now come about in all these places, the totally shameless environment, so now a person is under greater mujahada to guard his gaze. But that mujahada brings mushahada. Al-mushahada biqadri al-mujahada. Jiski jitni qurbani, utni unki mehrbani. How much somebody sacrificed, that much Allah Ta'ala's grace and Allah Ta'ala's endowments upon him. So now he is making greater mujahada, so there's greater sweetness of iman. And there's greater connection with Allah Ta'ala. So, in that one walk through that bazaar out of need that he had to go, he can come out with his iman boosted at a totally a different level. Or he can come out with it completely degraded. All depends what he does. Out of necessity to start off with, without necessity a person shouldn't put himself into an environment that is not conducive. When it is, when there's muddy ground, but there's a dry path on the side, that no sane person leaves the dry path on the side and decides to walk in the mud. Because as mentioned, when the mud is thick, even elephants can fall. So when there is a dry path, then he will bypass that muddy patch and he will go through the dry path. But if there is no dry path, then I will have to walk past that, because that's now the way to go home now. He has to get home. So he's going to walk on it, but he's going to walk now very carefully. He's going to be very, very careful. So likewise, if there's no need to go into such places, into the bazaars, into the malls and wherever, then if there's no need, without need a person should never enter these places. Many things are now out of necessity a person has to get there, but sometimes there is really no necessity. Sometimes it is possible to get the same work done elsewhere at a slightly higher price. But that elsewhere will mean, for example, that he'll be able to park his car at the pavement and he'll be able to cross over into that store, get his job done and be out. He might pay maybe 5% more compared to going through that whole rigmarole of some mall. Now where that is possible, for that 5% he'll save his iman, it's a cheap bargain, very cheap bargain. For that 5% he'll save his iman, it's a very cheap bargain. He'd rather pay that 5% extra here and get it done here. So it saves him now for that one store that is somewhere deep down in that mall, he'll go through that whole chakkar there and what not might be the case. By the time he leaves, as mentioned, somebody now out of sheer necessity had to go, but he did what he was supposed to do in terms of the mujahada, he can come out from there with his iman boosted at another level. And otherwise, it can come out tattered and torn. So now why risk it? When there is a dry path, and at the most that dry path may be now 5% more in terms of some money that he has to spend. So that's a very cheap bargain. Rather spend that 5% more and get it done there. But now sometimes there is no other option, then it requires super care. Because the environment is super corrupted. The fitna out there is at another level. So his mujada will have to be compared, will be, have to compare to that level of the fitna. Because according to the mujada, the situation, 
that much of mujahada will be required. So now if he's not ready for that mujahada, or he's unable to handle that mujahada, then he's risking himself very seriously. And he'll come out with his iman tattered. So the point is, and then it will require super care. It will require carrying the tasbih in his hand. Because, you know, I'll just make zikr, but by the time he just took 10 steps inside, he forgot about the zikr also. Carry the tasbih. People will think now, who this person is, don't worry what they think. What Allah Ta'ala wants from us, to be in his remembrance, let that be the means of now keeping us reminded. Keep a tasbih counter. And keep fully engaged in the tasbih of the fourth kalima La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la Lahul mulk wa lahul hamd Yuhi wa yumit wa huwa hayyun la yamud Biyadihi al-khayr wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir The rewards are tremendous millions of rewards But together with that This is the protection for the heart then The zikr of Allah Ta'ala Is the protection for the heart Inna alladheena attaqaw إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْصِرُونَ This is the wasawis that come in the heart but the person now turns his heart immediately to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala so the same thing applies in these environments that they become a means of all these wasawis and what not and the heart getting in so to protect the heart is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala so become engrossed in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala at that time these are not places to be casual about, see what's going on here, what's going on there. Out of necessity, a person has to get to a point, get there with the quickest of, the quickest of time, get the work done in the quickest of time out of it. Not a place to go sightseeing, not a place to just go and pass time, not a place where well, I've got nothing to do, so now let's go for some, just walk around. That walk around, Allah Ta'ala forbid what might be the end result of it. So deliberately a person does not put himself into such environments. That out of sheer necessity he had to go, that the care has to be taken, and on top of that after having left there, must still make a lot of istighfar. Still make a lot of istighfar, because those accidental glances also, though if it was totally accidental. Now one is, a person is walking into a mall, and then he says, no, it was all accidental. Up front he has to keep his gaze very low because he already knows up front what is the environment here. So now it's not an accident. That is not counted as an accident. Person now, he can hear some footsteps coming and he can make out that this footsteps, what, what kind of footsteps these are. So now he's still looking directly in that direction. And now somebody emerged, so he's in an accidental glance. Now he could work, work out from the sound this sounds like some female coming. Now he's waiting in some place for some work to get attended to. He might have gone to some, whoever, get some work done. Now he says accidental. That's not an accident. That is the just deception of the nafs. But if it's purely accidental and he immediately shifted his gaze, then that will not be accountable. But, that too again what we discussed yesterday, one is, provided it was genuinely accidental, is that sinful? No, it's not sinful. He won't be accountable for that. But does that also affect the heart or not? So yes, that leaves some effect on the heart. So it's not accountable, but doesn't mean it didn't do some damage. Might be minute, it left some dust. But now that dust starts accumulating, then it becomes a thick cloud. Now, Hazrat 
is to say that in that one glance, which was accidental, some little particle has been picked up. So to highlight this, he says, if supposing a fly, a fly goes and sits on some sweet meats, normally anything sweet now, immediately it attracts the flies. So now sometimes the fly came and sat on it, so immediately somebody shoot it away. But now in that one moment, it took something, but how much is going to take? It's such a minute particle, maybe you can't see it with the eye also. You see it under the microscope. In that small, in that one moment, it picked up that small particle. This is just to highlight the example, you say, look, but if that fly also keeps picking up that small particle every time and keeps storing it somewhere, someday that fly will also be op- able to open a mitai shop. It's a small particle, but someday that fly will also be able to open a mitai shop somewhere. Meaning it all will accumulate, so now that istighfar is necessary. That istighfar is necessary to clean the heart out of those minute particles too. Otherwise it will one thing lead to another, and then that becomes the reason for the person's retrogression. So even that is something necessary, that after having returned from there, to make a lot of istighfar. Thus protecting the gaze is a guarantee for death upon Iman. Friends, nowadays this great wealth of gaining death on Iman is being distributed in the bazaars and airports and stations. In these places protect the gaze and gather the treasure of the sweetness of Iman. Hence, acquire the guarantee of death upon Iman. Therefore, I say that if in these times there is an excess of nudity and shamelessness, there is also an abundance of the sweetness of Iman. Protect the gaze and partake of the halwa, that is the sweet means of Iman. <coughs> then is the fourth action, protecting the heart. So together with protecting the gaze, it is also necessary to protect the heart. So now one is, that the person now, there was an accidental glance, but he turned his gaze away immediately. Alhamdulillah. But now that, what it left on the heart. So now he is no more looking anywhere, but he's taking some haram pleasure from what that imprint that sat on the heart in that one moment. That too is going to harm his heart. That is now on this level. And where he's going to deliberately engage his heart in all the evil, is going to cook up all kinds of thoughts, then what impact that will have on the heart? That is what then disinclines the heart, because the heart now is going to get filled with zulmat, it's going to get filled with darkness. Now the noor of the ibadat, etc. is all going to be now drained. So this is the very important aspect, that together with protecting the gaze, it is also necessary to protect the heart. Some people protect the gaze of the eyes, but do not protect the gaze of the heart. This means that they protect the eyes from casting lustful glances, but they do not protect the heart from thinking of beautiful faces. By means of such thoughts and imaginations, they derive haram pleasure. One should understand well that this is also haram. Allah Ta'ala declares in the Quran Sharif, يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنْ وَمَا تُخْفِ sudur. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eyes, 
at the secrets of the hearts. The repetition of this ayat is very effective provided it is done very consciously and done from the heart. The repetition of this ayat on such occasions when there is these kind of temptations and this is insan that shaitan will keep trying to now whisper something or the other into his heart but Allah Ta'ala hasn't left us without the means of survival and protection for ourselves. Allah Ta'ala hasn't obligated us for something that is beyond our capacity. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها If Allah Ta'ala has given the command to guard the gaze and to also protect the heart and Allah Ta'ala has given every person that capacity to do it. So give the example also that people sometimes say I try but this is impossible for me. I just can't guard my gaze. So says very well if some person who's in the context of India and Pakistan etc. So the person who is now the superintendent of the police now and he says that I am going to walk with you and now he is fully armed and he is a person that is looking for a fight also. He is looking to pull that trigger and you know he is that kind of person. And now he is the police now so who is going to now be able to deal with him then. And he is on that level of the police so now he will do as he pleases and he says I am going to be walking alongside you and now I want to see who you see. And there you see anybody, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Now the person who said impossible for me, now he's walking along and see where his gaze is. He'll be looking so down, he might trip and fall. Now where the whole capacity and possibility came, the impossible became possible how? Because of the fear of his life going now. That's an example. But this happens that the person suddenly gets the capacity when he's looking in some direction and suddenly he realizes his wife is looking at him. Then suddenly he looks like, no, you're looking in the heaven somewhere and waiting for something. So what happened now? How that capacity came? What made that change? Because now the fear of now being caught and the fear of now what the repercussions of, of this would be and how this will unfold and it might affect so many things. So now where that strength came from? So that is all just the deception of the nafs. It's all just excuses. Yes, what has happened is over time that poison that has now paralyzed the spiritual heart. So now the spiritual heart to keep the Allah Ta'ala has made the eyes such that a person now if supposing every time he had to guard his gaze he had to put his hand in front of his eyes. That would have become a very difficult thing. Sometimes his hands are occupied, he's carrying things. Now to guard his gaze, he has to put his hand in front of his eyes. Allah Ta'ala didn't make it any such thing. Allah Ta'ala granted two such curtains around the tongue, around the eye, that with the slightest, in fact, without even any conscious effort, the hand he has to move, there's some conscious effort. Without even any conscious effort, in the flash of an eye, blink of an eye, the eye can be closed. The eye can be lowered. Allah Ta'ala provided that means immediately. Now the, from the medical side of it, they say no, no, because the eye is so sensitive. But why not look at it also from this angle? That if Allah Ta'ala gave the command of guarding the gaze, Allah Ta'ala made it so easy to also lower the gaze. And to turn the gaze away. And to protect the gaze. So Allah Ta'ala has given us all the means for it. 
But the point is that do we use the means of protection? So among those things are that at such moments, because that's shaitan's job. Shaitan is going to keep trying to whisper something. But now at that time a person gets very strongly engaged in zikr qalbi The zikr directly from the heart. Even at that time there's no tongue movement, nothing. But directly from the heart, he's very deeply engaged in zikr qalbi zikr qalbi can be just any form of zikr, just meaning even if it is, he's reading some tasbih out of his heart. He's taking just the name of Allah Ta'ala in the sense that he's not reading too many things. Just one thing he's reading, but he's reading it very intensely, deep down from the heart. And he's repeatedly, his heart is shouting out Allah. Outwardly nothing. Somebody sees him, they, see, they think he's in a dream world somewhere. But his heart is at that time shouting repeatedly, Allah, Allah, Allah. That will ward off all the attacks of the shaitan and the wasawis. So that deep zikr of the heart, zikr qalbi, that is the time, now, whether it is a recitation of the name of Allah Ta'ala, or the recitation of these ayat, but again consciously with tadabbur, his contemplate, he's meditating on what he's reciting. He's not just repeating the words only and his mind is still somewhere far away. That too is not devoid of benefit, but the benefit that he wants on the spot, the benefit on the spot that this wave must now go away. Now he's under this wave, so now he needs to just be patient, it'll pass. But what will make it pass is how he engages his heart, otherwise he'll drown under it. So now he engages his heart in zikr qalbi So among the things at that time now are these ayat. يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنُ وَمَا تُخْفِ الصُّدُورِ Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. More easy ayat. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى Every person is generally familiar with this ayat. Even a person not a hafiz. Does he not know Allah is watching? Now the person sometimes is checking now somebody else is not watching or not. His wife is around, see she also noticing what he's up to. But now if nobody is around too, Allah is watching. And everybody is around too, Allah is watching. So now to bring that consciousness. In fact this is something to practice apart from such situations. And this is what will bring that ability to resort to it in that moment of need. That a person daily sets some time for this muraqaba as well. Muraqaba of ma'iyat of Allah Ta'ala. The muraqaba of ma'iyat, he's just sitting deep down from the heart, repeatedly reciting this ayat, Alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara. Not just to get rattle it off, allowing it to seep into the heart, repeatedly. Alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara. Alam ya'alam bi anna Allah yara. And meditating upon it. Allah is watching. Allah knows everything. Allah is aware. Allah Ta'ala sees me in the depths of darkness also. Allah Ta'ala knows what's in the recesses of my heart as well. So now, repeatedly, two minutes, three minutes at a time, and increasing it after a while too. When that need comes, this is now already, that strength has been developed. When a person has to flee from an enemy, but now he has been training all the time. So he's training, he just springs in a moment and he's gone. And a person who hasn't been training, now he still has to work out how to stand up and start moving. By the time he's finding his feet to stand up, he's already attacked. And then now he starts trying to run, he hasn't run for a long time. 
he can't even work his way out to run. So likewise, the person hasn't engaged in these muraqabas, he hasn't been meditating and making this sit deep down in his heart. Now when he needs it, he doesn't have that energy, he doesn't think about it too. So these are things to spend time for, dedicate some time, give ourselves those few minutes, and sit down and deeply from the heart repeatedly make this muraqaba of the ma'iyat of Allah Ta'ala. This will then bring that awareness of Allah Ta'ala in our heart. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Inshallah we'll continue tomorrow. Akhirul da'wana alhamdulillah.